This is a Broad Pods production. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. People say life is a journey, not a destination. But how do you know you're on the right path? If only we could see the signs when they appear. Well, I'm Amy Kwa. And I'm Jo Stanley. And on A to B, we speak to fascinating people about how they navigated their way to be here now, having profound impact on the world. We hope our conversations will help you reflect on everything you've been through to get here. The triumphs, challenges and bumps along the road. And if you haven't already, find your own map to what matters. Mimi, here we are in the very first episode of A to B. It's very exciting. Joe Stanley. I know, a lot of planning. We got here eventually. And we've got a distinct lack of guests in this episode. Because we are one another's guests. <laughs> We're enough. Yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome to our show. Well, you know, I guess everyone brings their own context to a conversation, right? So it felt useful, we thought, to share our own context before we turn our attention to one of the many brilliant guests that we're going to be having. So, Jo, how on earth did we arrive here? (laughs) And why did we think, why did you think that it was a good idea to start a podcast? Well, A to B implies a journey, right? that brings someone to this moment now. And I just think we're, like, you and I, we're both fascinated by what goes into making a person, right? Like, what makes us Mm. who we are right now? And how did we get here, I suppose? But I think we learn from others how to be who we are by understanding how other people are who they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I think we have to listen to other people's stories in order to sort of reframe our own and understand ourselves. I think it's really helpful to hear other people's journeys to get to their be. And don't be fooled by the tile cover of our podcast that has us in a car because we're not literally driving from A to B. We are on the journey, on the spiritual, psychological, career, personal, professional journey to our B. Are you worried people might be looking for an auto podcast here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think also it's really important to appreciate your own strengths and, you know, what you've overcome to be in this moment. And that requires a bit of an audit of Mm. what you've gone through in your life, right? So that's an opportunity when we hear other people tell their stories. I hope that triggers for some some of us listening to go, hmm, what have I what have I been through? 
what actually has created me who I am. And it's really the looking back to be able to look forward because I think when we do, as you say, the audit of our own experiences, then we're able to step forward into our future self and our future experiences with much more clarity about who we are and where we're going. For me, I think the whole idea of the podcast was exciting because I think the A to B of our lives is about finding our purpose and not everybody finds their purpose early in that A to B journey. But you would hope that somewhere along the line at one of those sliding door moments or one of those points, you know, part of that trajectory is self-exploration and finding why on earth are we here? Mm. I mean, it's the ultimate question, isn't it? It is. Let's ponder that. <laughs> but we're lucky enough to have access to people who have found that that answer. So how great to learn from them. That's really awesome. So that's the why, but the how we arrived. I mean, we all started somewhere and we've ended up here. So is there a journey that brought the two of us together? Yeah, well, I what I love <laughs> about when we met and as our um, friendship has evolved is this term that you referred to, which was that we are like whirling dervishes. <laughs> like we are just like spinning around. And I love it because it's even more apt because apparently whirling dervishes are only meant to be men. Now, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I Googled it. And they have it. such spectacular frocks. Exactly. Why can't women get in on that? Yeah, well, apparently it is opening up to women a little, okay. but it, they're still in the minority. Funny that. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I just think that's a beautiful metaphor for life and for us. And so I think we just kind of, you know, knocked skirts or clipped heels in all sorts of environments and, you know, work circumstances, social circumstances. And then we just kind of tripped over and fell into each other. I know. Do you reckon some people like you meet and you think, oh, we were always destined to be friends. Yeah. Like you instantly have that connection. Like for us, mm. I don't feel like there's been a, mm, I've got to get to know me, me time. Mm. It's like we just knew each other. Yeah. Is yeah. that like, you know, past life stuff or yeah. we were just destined? I think destiny plays a part, but mm. I think there is a knowing, you know, when you meet someone and you feel that you've met them before, or even if you don't feel you've met them before, you just have this resonance with them and this understanding that, you know, whether you're completely bonkers crazy and not right, or whether you are right, it just feels good. Yeah. And so you just want to get to know that person more and you want to connect more. And I think that's just been our, you know, very short journey. I, know, I barely know you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I've had the benefit of Taxi. getting to no, but I've had the benefit of getting to read your memoir. Yeah. So yeah. I've learned a lot about you via your book. I've not written a memoir. You should. So I'm a I'm a mystery. You should not really. There's... I've spent fifteen years on commercial radio telling everybody every single thing about myself pretty much. But Yeah, so in, mm. in that way, like that vulnerability of being an open book in the media, which you have been, that must make some people feel as though they know you, but who you are is not necessarily what you you put out there. And it's the same as who I am. I mean, we still control the narrative to an extent. And yes. as vulnerable as you can be with actual events or things or feelings that you've had, like who is, you know, like the true you, mm. I think, and the true stories behind you know, ourselves and our guests and what got us to be in our, and speaking of the meaning of be as well, I, I feel like 
to be is like to just be in our purpose. Yes. No, and, and I guess, like, I, I would say that's relatively new for me to mm. feel as though I'm in my purpose. But then I kind of go back to, like, me when I was 30, I probably thought I was in my purpose then. So generationally, as the decades go by, I suppose our purposes change. Yeah, like our perception of what our purpose is changes, but does our true life purpose ever change? Are we always just on that path, even if blindly? Oh, well, when you see, that is the, that <laughs> is the trippiest part of and why, you know, I fully came to you and said, I want to do this thing about A to B because I am fascinated by the fact that I feel like every single thing in my life has led me to now create broad radio, radio for women by women, right? But I didn't know that when I was 20. But at what point do you go, oh, this is the purpose? Mm. Yeah, this is a specific life purpose. I don't know. what. <laughs> I, th- I think you can have a, like, did you have a yearning when you were a child or when you were a young adult that you wanted to impact the world? Like you wanted to change the world. Did you ever um, have that feeling like? I think that's a pretty enormous thing for a child to think, but I, So I don't know that I felt that, but I certainly felt like I I knew that it was rewarding to do things for others. Mm. So that's something I was raised with, I guess, social conscience in our family. I knew that I really enjoyed performing. You know, the interesting thing, I have spent a lot of time since starting Broad Radio going, this is really, really, really hard and I didn't want to be a startup founder and who am I to think that I can create something out of nothing that's really, really massive, right? And who can be, you know, I didn't think I could be a leader of a team and all this. And then I look back at my life and, okay, so whether it was uh, being the president of the Monash Players at Monash University, whether it was being house drama captain at high school, whether it was creating the Wizard of Oz play when I was in year six, right through to being the you know yeah. the pre- Hello, president, president of the Parents <laughs> Association and making the massive Twilight Fair. I'm like, oh, I've kind of done that all my life. Yeah, so you had some little voice in your head that said to you, I want to make a difference. And for you? Yeah, for me too. Like ever since I was little, I mean, I feel like this is a universal thing. Like maybe it's more a case of when does it get knocked out of you that you don't want to make a difference? Like when does it stop? Because I think, and this is just a small straw poll of two people sitting in a studio, but I feel like we all have that desire to want to make a difference, to want to help others. And then life gets in the way, all of the conditioning, all of the experiences that we have, and then we kind of adapt our behaviours, our belief systems accordingly. And then we might not fulfil that original dream that we had when we were, you know, a little girl or a little boy. I think you way are back when. so, that is so true, Mimi. I, and it's that thing, that beautiful, it was probably Deepak Chopra. I mean, you know, you've quoted Eckhart Tolle. I'm, I'm quoting Deepak. It was so spiritual. Uh, <laughs> Um. <laughs> but, but for me, it was really profound when I read, he, he said, we are not born small. We're born big mm. with infinite possibilities in us. But it is completely um, removed, beaten out of us, told, you know, we are we are shrunken by our experiences and society and people around us. So, you know, in this conversation and when we interview all of the wonderful guests that will be joining us, I look forward to hearing about the people that actually encourage them to be big. Because they're the parts of our A to B 
where you go, I wouldn't be here without that moment when someone said, uh, I see in you the, how, the incredible potential. Mm. Did you have someone like that? I had my Auntie Teresa. I mean, I, I had lots of lovely moments in my life where people saw potential in me. You know, my year, I'm going to say year four, year five teacher, Mr May, like he used to come into the classroom with his guitar strumming away and he would just really, he saw the potential in everyone, but I just felt that as a child you kind of feel like, you know, a teacher who is really supportive of you is showing a special interest in you and your needs. And I think he did that for all of us and definitely for me. And that's like that one teacher. Like I think if you have that one teacher who can see that you're just really shocking at maths, but you're great at creative writing. And so they just nurture that and they're not kind of reprimanding you for the things you're not good at. And so that was me with him. And then my auntie Teresa, who lived in Hong Kong, and I spent a lot of time with her when things were going pear-shaped at home in my life here in Australia, she would just kind of lift me up into this completely, you know, new dimension to me, this other world, this universe that she lived in, in Hong Kong, just rubbing shoulders with incredibly um, accomplished and interesting people who were doing amazing things for other people and who were just so inspiring in and of themselves. And I saw people with purpose and Auntie Teresa wanted me to have purpose. And I didn't actually end up doing what it was that she dreamed I would do. She wanted me to be a diplomat and, and fly around the world and, wow. and broker big, you know, negotiations between countries, which I to think that that was a bit beyond me. I'll leave that to other people. But what she did was she inspired me to do better and do more. Mm. So important to have those people. And who in was our your lives. person? Or people. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, you made me remember when we're talking about teachers, and this is one of the things I really love about A to B stories and, you know, those moments, some of those moments can be really tiny mm. that stay with you. And I remember a year, to, year five teacher whose name I don't even remember. That's terrible. Shout out to that year five teacher. <laughs> Thanks for making Joe's career. Anyway, no, but the thing was. <laughs> It'll come to you though. He singled me out as having a really, uh, as being a really good writer. And I didn't know if I was good at anything. I never forget that he read out a story that we wrote about Ash Wednesday. So I'm a child of the 80s. Ash Wednesday, you were in Perth, but mm. in, in Melbourne, Ash Wednesday was horrific bushfires. And we were, our school was in Warrandyte, which is sort of out. You could smell the smoke and see it in the sky. In, you know, and we got evacuated. It was a really scary time. And we wrote these, you know, creative stories about Ash Wednesday, you know, the bushfires afterwards. And he singled me out and I'll never forget that he, he said, he, you know, read a passage and I described whatever and escaping it, whatever, and that I was hiding from the flames or I can't even recall. But there was one sentence that was just, it was cooler there. And... He singled this sentence out and I will never forget the feeling of him reading that out in the classroom and hearing him read It Was Cooler There and identifying that I had actually intentionally made it a shorter sentence and that he saw that in my writing and I was like, oh, gosh, that I had that intention, he saw it and now he recognises it and he's telling the other students, I, ne I have never walked so tall in my life and you know, set me on a path of going, yes, I'm going to be a writer. We have to find out who this teacher I is. I know. I remember Maybe we a... should have a show where we invite all of the teachers who've changed our lives well, onto the show. I wonder if that should be a standard question we ask because most yeah. people have a teacher of some kind. He had a big bushy moustache, I remember that. But 
here's something I wanted to share with you, which I've not shared. And you say, you know, that what we share with the world, we share our narratives, right? Mm. So your memoir starts in China. Mm. Great grandfather? Uh, great, great grandfather. Hang on. Great, great grandfather. Yeah, great. <laughs> Let's just say one great. <laughs> So <laughs> there's the, a lot of choirs out there and there's a lot of lineage. I, I, I understand. It starts in the courtroom, I think. Yes. But then it, yes, and then we fly back to so, great-grandfather. At the same time, my great-grandfather was in China. What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Are we sisters? <laughs> so my great-grandfather. That's amazing. And isn't it? My great-grandfather was a missionary in China. His name was Gladstone Porteous, and there's like a plaque for him in the village what where they live. a distinguished missionary name. I know Gladstone Porteous. It's lovely. I have a little briefcase which has GP written on it there. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, so isn't that interesting? That's amazing. And so have you traced his journey through China as a missionary and what that adventure was? Well, he... This is the memoir writer in me coming yes. out. Yes. Uh, he was there um, and my, I, I believe he came back to Australia and had children and then my grandmother and grandfather were missionaries in China as well. So my father was actually born in China. That's amazing. Mm. So technically you could get a Chinese passport. I don't think so. <laughs> he did not have. He did not have a Chinese passport. Oh, okay. No. But he was born so, in China. Oh, yes. but he, you'd still have to apply. Anyway, yeah, that's all no. technicality. <laughs> but essentially, you're Chinese. So, <laughs> what is that connection? Isn't that, <laughs> that is really interesting? Yeah. So now that I know that you are actually Chinese, <laughs> and essentially sure. we are related, I can trust <laughs> you with this information that I have been dying to share with you, Joe Stanley. What is that? I found out this week, very recently that House of Choir, my memoir, my book, yes. is going to be released in the US ah! with HarperCollins and in the UK next year, oh 2024. Oh, my God. I know. So I'm very, I'm very emotional and very excited because I can't believe it came out two years ago and now it's finally going to be read and a worldwide audience. Yeah, oh my very god, you exciting. are sharing your story with the world, Mimi Kwa. It is very exciting. Thank you. And just one more little bit of news that I've been saving up for you. Yes. Is that Screen Australia just announced funding for House of Choir going to screen. <gasps> for a movie? I know. I know. <laughs> Oh, so my anyway. God, Mimi, congratulations. That is amazing. What an achievement. Thank you. Thank you. Now, enough about that. Back to grandfathers. No, well, I think that your grandfather would be very pleased. And wouldn't he, I know, having read your book, that he was quite a man, a proud man, he would be pretty pleased that his story is getting out there. Well, hopefully both our great-grandfathers would be pleased about this. Oh, do you think, imagine if our grandfathers knew each other. Imagine in all of the, I don't know what the population of China would have been then, but I the, doubt, the, I doubt the if odds would have been greater than now. Oh, well, true. That yes. is true. But it's such an interesting thing where you go, okay, so again, were we destined to be here? In actual fact, if people are interested, we met because we were, well, Broad Radio brought us together. 
for yes. me anyway, because yeah. I was at a an afternoon tea for the ladies yes. when Zoe Daniel was running as an independent That's right. for federal parliament. And Rachel Griffith, just to name drop, popped mm. in That's to true. have a chat with us And so did Mimi Kwa. And Joe Stanley. Yes, we yeah. all popped in. We all popped in. <laughs> and we met there. And I would not have been there if it wasn't for Broad Radio because I met Zoe Daniel because she came on Broad Radio because I just cold called her. I said, would you be a part of Broad Radio? Is that how you met her? Yeah, I just That's literally I- said, I, I was like, oh, Zoe's come back from Washington. She's left the ABC. She's available. <laughs> I love you that you just... <laughs> Just approach all of us, basically, <laughs> all of us orphans, and you've just sort of brought us into this broad radio family. It's amazing. Well, why not? What's the worst well, that can happen? You say no? This. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This so how were you at that afternoon tea? So I was there because Angela Pippos, ah. uh, I think Ange invited me, and because I used to work with the ABC, uh, with Ange at the ABC mm. way back when, so the ABC just has tentacles that just, it's you know, true. stay with you, wrapped around you forever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think that that was why I was there. And then we met and then I emailed you and then mm. you didn't get back to me for yeah. like months. Months. Years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, well. <laughs> I have since explained to you that that's standard. Yeah. <laughs> And don't and take it personally. We've worked out. <laughs> we've worked out because I'm sure that this is fascinating to everybody. How we've worked out our rules of engagement mm. about you know text or message anytime might not get back to you. Mm. Yeah, text or email anytime. Well, but I don't know. I just um, am someone who I find I I like to be on my own a lot. Mm. Mm. Is that because you're in your B now? Because you're not kind of out hustling for your kind of perceived hopes and dreams at the time because you actually know this is it, like this is the thing and you are mm, no, it's kind because, of retreating it's a bit working, to get it done. It's because I'm working so hard on the purpose and I'm really, really tired. All <laughs> oh, right, so you're just tired. <laughs> I'm trying to find some really deep meaning no, in but all I, of I it. Am, I am a true introvert, so I need to sort of re-energise uh, myself by being on my own. Aren't you an introvert? You seem like one. We're getting to know each other literally in the podcast. Yeah. Are you an introvert? Well, I, I'm not sure that I like the label either way because mm. I I love being out at a party or in amongst people. So, I mean, this, for example, it's just two of us in a room. Like if there were 20 people here, that would be fine. But I guess that doesn't define introvert or extrovert, does it? Because that would just be work. Yeah, no, isn't it about, I see. What is it about? Well, it's about how you re-energise yourself. So some people, like I think technically extroverts uh, get energy from others. Oh. And I get energy from being on my own. Oh, yeah, then I'm an introvert. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I kind of, I figured that. (laughs) Did you? What do you do so on your own? Like, well, it's just like, well, it, but to me, that's like saying, what star sign are you? Mm. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how that, I guess it's interesting to know. Mm. And then when you get a really accurate one, you go, oh my gosh, like, that is really good. I'm going to follow it from now on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So back to in terms of our purpose state of being. Like when do you know? Like do you ever arrive? You know, do you mm. feel like you've arrived? Well, I, I do feel like this is me now. Yes. So it's an arrival of sorts. But it's, it's I, a continued journey. It's, it's not continued, like I've arrived and I'm here. Yeah, and, and most definitely I see a version of myself I will be in 10 years. Like I kind of am more intentional about how I wish to grow as a person as opposed to I think in my 30s. I didn't know that I needed growing mm. perhaps. Like I was, you know, I suppose I was busy. I just worked so much that you don't stop and thank God, like literally I got sacked and was forced to stop because otherwise I would still be on that same treadmill of working really hard mm. and being in a sort of a really kind of a surface level relationships, friendships, not, not my personal friendships but, you know, professional friendships partying, putting too much emphasis and value in, in things like the way you look and the way you dress and the parties you're invited to and the events. Like, you know, it was just a really, I guess, an Instagram version of life, which I didn't think I was doing, but now I look back and see that I was because all I did was work. Yeah. So now I realise that I needed to be sacked. It was devastating, but I needed it to actually have that moment to sit still and look out a window for 12 months and work out what the hell was that about? Yeah, and, that's <laughs> and who would I be now? Forcing your hand. Mm. I mean, you could have had every sign, and this is what we talk about in A to B as well, it's like those signposts along the way, but we miss so many of those signs. Mm. You know, it's like now, okay, we're lucky enough in real terms to have a sat nav that will say turn left, turn right, but do you remember the days when we just had the Melways and you'd literally, well, this is what I used to do in Perth with our equ- equivalent there. Would li- I'd literally open the page, find, the, well, you'd have to go to the, be- to the back of the book, find the address, then find the page, then find the, yes. you know, the, um, the, the correlating coordinates, yeah. yes, and know where you've got to go. You've got to go back a few pages in the book. You've got to link it all together. I'd get like a pencil and go, okay, this is going to be the way. And then I'd get a piece of paper and write down the streets where I'd have to turn left and right. Really? and all of Yes. Well, especially if you're going on a trip that you've never taken before. Mm. And But if you, because you're not actually aware of how many streets are before that turn or how many after, it's very easy to miss the sign. Mm. And... So that is a very long way of explaining that in life, you know, we have these signs from the universe, I believe, or from whatever higher power or force greater than us that exists. And whether they're coincidences or not, there are signs that we miss, but then they just keep coming back until we get them. Mm-hmm. And so that was your sign. That mm-hmm. was like, because who knows? And you probably can't even talk about the signs that you missed because you missed them. Yeah. But don't you think you know in your heart that you're not 
work, you're not living your true self. You have a yearning. You ha- I think you have a dissatisfaction with your life, but you cannot put your finger on what it is. And all of the signals from outside are saying, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is how you're supposed to behave. This is correct. We've got society's general consensus of what is right and what is not, what is normal, what is abnormal. If you want to fit into what is normal and what that general consensus with society is, then you keep doing what you're doing, even though it doesn't feel quite right. There's something that's just sitting awkwardly inside you. But unless you can put your finger on it, it's very difficult to break out of that. And Mm. I think that is where, you know, as a culture and society, that's where a lot of people are. They're stuck in that expectation of being what they are expected to be rather than being what they are inherently meant to be or being what they are capable of achieving. Yeah, I I don't know if I would ever have worked out what the signs were if I hadn't been sacked. Uh, Like I knew that I was fatigued, but that was breakfast radio. I knew that I had spent a long time not being really connected with my husband, but I didn't know that there was a better way to be. I knew that I was, you know, probably, uh, you know, drinking too much and just putting too much value in the way I looked and torturing myself with exercise and and really not connecting with my body in a healthy way. But I didn't know that there was a different way of being. Mm. I didn't know there was another. And when you don't know, you don't know. It's like when you've got blind spots, that's why it's called a blind spot because you don't know it's there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just think, oh gosh, the the sacking was devastating and I still don't know why that happened because the man never spoke to us ever to explain. But, Mm. you know, you just go, oh, well. Let's get him on. We'll make this (laughs) a This Is Your Life as we trawl through the depths and the history of Joe and Mimi's lives. We'll just get him on the program and then we'll just, you know, resolve it. No, I mean, he's, I still am very, I don't like that person. Okay. (laughs) All right, we won't get him on the program. But, I mean, to the point around that moment where you are forced mm. to change directions, have you experienced that? Yes, yeah. And I was just thinking, just coming back to, you know, my joke about getting him on the program, I realised that I say that because I'm all about forgiveness and reconciliation mm. and just resolving oh, no, anything you. that I have doesn't no work. Interest, no interest in forgiveness love, and reconciliation with that person. Thank I, you. I love that we've found a point of difference <laughs> yes. because otherwise with our potentially, you know, friends, our great-grandfathers being friends, we could actually be almost the same person. So now we know that we're not. Yes, that's true. Um, has that happened to me? Oh, so many times. And actually there have been times where I didn't read the signs, but the sign was when I was on maternity leave from Channel 9, my son was two weeks old and I got a call from the ABC and they said, do you want to come back and read the news for us? And it was like, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got this two-week-old baby and I've just been offered the job of my dreams. Like all I had wanted to do my whole life up until that point was be a news anchor. Like I had watched Yarn Event. I had, you know, like from when I was probably three, four years old, I just remember watching the news. I wanted to be a journalist first and then I wanted to be a news anchor. And so I'd been a journo and ABC called and it was like a dream coming true, but I was also holding my baby going, oh my gosh, I've got this baby. And they said, don't worry, you can bring him in 
to work. Wow. And the makeup ladies loved holding him while I was on air. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be able to breastfeed him. And there were some very awkward looks from male newsreaders um, and presenters in the makeup department, which, you know, that was that was fine because it obviously wasn't as socially accepted then, which is ridiculous, but it just the way that it was. And I just remember breastfeeding Royston sitting in the chair and looking over at Hendo and he was, oh, <laughs> he didn't know where to look. But, and then I'd get up and I'd go and read the news and I'd hand Royston over to one of the beautiful makeup artists and she'd just, you know, just nurse him up and down the corridor or carry wow. him up and down the corridor, I mean, and yeah, it was great. I made it work. And that was, yeah, that was an amazing sign. That's pretty unusual at that time. It was. For women to be able to breastfeed in the workplace in that way. It was. But mm. I was one for, I guess I was one unconsciously for breaking barriers. I remember being the first person on television, I think, to actually show my pregnancy in that I just I just said, let's just have a wide shot. Like why do we have, like the crews were sort of insisting on doing a title. Well, it was probably not the crews. It was probably the producers or somebody, some God higher up <laughs> who was saying, no, you know, she's pregnant. We we need to do a tighter shot. And I was like, why? You know, I'm doing a walking shot, interviewing Guy Pierce or who, you know, interviewing talent as we're walking along. Like we need to do a wider shot. And it was at a time where, yeah, it just wasn't really something that was done. Mm. And I don't think anybody had really discussed the reasons around why yeah, it shouldn't be. There was that big fuss when Nikki Buckley was pregnant on Sale of the Century. Oh, like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a family show. Mm. There are women at home looking exactly like her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I need like... to get my timeline right, whether I did it before she did. Oh, or it's whether irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But, but, it's like... but we had, mm. I got hate mail. Oh, I, it was just and always anonymous, mm. like scathing pages of, you know, handwritten mm. letters. How dare you? And, you know, I was just amazed. It is a funny thing that back in the day hate mail came handwritten. I, oh, I, yes. I used to get, I, I used <laughs> yes. to get. Well, well, I, I didn't even think of that. That is so true. <laughs> no, but I, I had a serial hate mailer who oh, would Joe. handwrite the same like it was, you know, the handwriting was the same. It was clearly the same person. I'm assuming it was a guy. Could have been a woman, but uh, he had a real issue with my chin and he would write pages and pages and pages about how hideous my long chin was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that <laughs> just makes no sense at I all. just had this very had long this... face that he really was so offended by and I remember... <laughs> It's like this person has taken the time to write, hand write a letter about, you know, did I take children's eyes out when I turned my head and, you know, did my mum have sex with Jane Leno? And it's like, oh, my God, that is mind-blowing. It's funny. People are funny, though. person, whoever it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh. Clearly projecting something. I mean, you think? Yeah, you think. (laughs) I mean, and it's one of those things where those moments – do they make you who you are? I don't, does every moment make you who you every are? Every moment makes you who you are. I every think, moment. Because everything's, everything's either a lesson, I think, or it's a sign, in which case it's a lesson as well. <laughs> so maybe just everything's a lesson. Like every, like even the most completely um, in what seem to be inconsequential moments, you know, sitting in the car, driving here, there are just, there were moments where I was 
out of my body and thinking about something else. And you know how you can go from A to B, mm-hmm. literally driving, and then get to the B and go, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Because I was not present. And so I was driving here and I just brought myself back to presence because there was just like a cute dog, you know, being walked by its owner on the side of the road. And that was just like my reminder, oh my gosh, mm. that this is not only to drive safely here, but to just be present in life. And so I just find myself picking myself up all the time, just trying to be present because in that presence will come the lessons. And so that's why I think every moment is a lesson because it's a lesson towards those impactful lessons that are going to be those sliding door moments or that are going to be those pivotal epiphanies that you have that you encourage mean like you to take action. You mean training you to be yes. aware of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I know I love that. Actually, it was, it was a pivotal moment that poor old gent, I don't know if he was old, that person. So <laughs> <laughs> you created a whole story around what happened. I love it. <laughs> who's just writing about my chin. But actually... And you're probably not far wrong, but who knows? But what was hilarious was that I actually had had a real paranoia about my chin and my long face. Wow. And then when I started getting those letters, it was because it was so funny to imagine this person being angry enough to write the letters that I was able to go, oh, my God, for fuck's sake, get over the chin it is who you are. That's you fantastic. Know. See, so that, that was it was, it was actually a lesson. Whoever you are <laughs> who wrote those hate letters about Joe's chin, we say thank you because look at her now. Look at me now. I just yep. don't care about my long yeah. face and my chin. Your beautiful face <laughs> and your beautiful chin. That's so mm. extraordinary, isn't it? Because things just keep coming and, you know, just I was <laughs> I was going to say pardon the pun, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Things keep coming back and just slapping you on the face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they do. Really when do. you don't get it, it'll just come back. And if yes. it has to be an angry person penning a letter to you <laughs> about the thing that is the problem in your life that you've created, then that's what it takes. Sometimes it gets. Sometimes I'm sure if the universe had a personality, the universe would be going, "Oh, for Christ's sake, what do I have to do?" <laughs> To let Joe know <laughs> that she can be okay with every part of her. Okay, I'm going to get an angry man <laughs> to pen a letter so that she gets it and she can finally let it go. I do love that. I hope <laughs> there's purpose in everything. There is. Mm. And you just try to find it. It's like my daughter cracked the windscreen this morning by doing a stretch in the car and the windscreen's completely cracked, so I couldn't drive my car in. I borrowed my husband's. Should have got public transport but was running late. And I'm trying to find the reason in that. And the reason was because I figured out that I actually don't have any car insurance and so I need to take out car insurance. Imagine if you discovered that when you'd had a serious accident. Exactly. Wow. Ah. And people say, oh, gosh, you can find a reason in everything Mm. retrospectively and that's just so easy to do. Well, Mm. you can believe that if your glass is half empty, but if it's half full, I just feel like finding a reason in things can only help you to notice the moments and the reasons in other things and to exercise that muscle to keep that presence about you. So, yeah, Mm. I think that that's really important. So, Mimi, you know, every single event on the planet had an origin. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Everything starts somewhere. Yeah. As do the people involved in those events. They have an origin. Yes. Yeah. So in every... And their origins have an origin. Oh, my God. It's endless. 
Okay, that's doing my head in. It's like those mirrors that go back and back, like when yes. you see oh, your reflection. Oh, no, when you're in, a, in an elevator and there's the mirror. Yes, is that yeah, what you mean? It is. The two mirrors reflecting each other. All right, that's done my head in. That's an 80s film clip. <laughs> it's so All right, back to the origins. So in every episode we're going to be bringing the origin story, okay, the A to B, of a well-known thing. Mm. I'm going first. It's, you don't know what this is. It's a surprise to you what I'm bringing today. Here we go. A to B story of how we have post-it notes in the world. Oh, okay. post-it notes. Have you heard this story? No. I've heard of post-it notes. Oh, my gosh. I, I couldn't live with it. <laughs> I, I know, could I not live without either. post-it notes. I could literally Every run my Every book I life. read, post-it notes on all the pages that I love. Never go back to those pages, but I like to put a post-it note just to mark that moment of epiphany. It's it's kind of how I have uh, run my life for a very long time is the post-it note, and I really enjoy the fact that they've entered into, like, fluorescent colours and, you know, but that's, you know, that's an aside. I just like visually it lifts me. Hmm. Anyway, this is how post-it notes came about. Okay. I'm ready. It's so great. Art Fry, fantastic name, Arthur, art for short, Right. I was just thinking about frying art for a minute and I was just getting very confused <laughs> because I thought we were talking about the Renaissance and Oh no, it doesn't go back that far. Okay, this go. is in the seventies, okay. Art Fry, so Arthur. Art Fry was working for 3M, which is the company that created post-it notes, right? And he was singing in the church choir, right? Because he was a keen singer, Art Fry. Yes. And he was really frustrated about the fact that all of the little slips of paper that he had put in his choir book to mark where the songs were kept falling on the floor, right? And he says he's sitting in a particularly boring sermon and he thinks to himself, oh, my mate Spencer Silver, another great name, my mate Spencer Silver at work has created a super weak glue he was trying to create a really ineffective glue. <laughs> he was trying to create a super strong glue, completely failed, and made a super weak glue. And Art Fry, as he sat there in church that day thinking, gosh, this, this minister really needs to speed it up a little, he goes, I reckon that glue that Spencer Silver has created. That useless glue is going to be the solution for me and my choir book and all my pieces of paper falling on the floor, went back to work, put it on. He said, he says to Spencer Silver, can you just give me a bit of that glue, put it on the top of this piece of paper? Lo and behold, ah, post-it notes. Divine intervention. That is amazing. Isn't that a beautiful story? But the lesson in this is, right, Yeah, what is the me, lesson? I thought that, like, God just laid a hand in during the sermon, gave him this epiphany. Perhaps God did, if you're a God believing person. Yes. But for me, well, there's two lessons. One is failure can often lead to great success. Poor old Spencer Silver with his <laughs> super strong glue that happened to be super weak. Well, his name's not a fail though, is it? <laughs> it's Spencer a ripper. Silver. But for me, it was the fact that it happened when Art Fry was pursuing a passion. He loved singing. He's sitting in church. Who knows how many years he's been a singer long enough to be included in the church choir, although some church choirs they'll take anyone. But let's just say he was quite good at his art. art uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I just think I love, I think that we are so often 
focused on a goal and we have to do it this way. And so we shut out all of the joy parts of our lives. And it's in those, isn't it in those sort of uh, interim moments, the incidental moments? moments. The best ideas arise. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So where even are we now in this discussion? Well, these questions are more, I think, that we're going to have to ask our guests. There are so many different conversations around how people have reached their moment, this moment right now. And we'll be doing that with so many amazing people. So many amazing people like Amy Wang, who is going to be our first guest on the show. We are so excited about that, aren't we? We are. So she's a screenwriter who is now writing the sequel to Crazy Rich Asians. Australian woman made good over there in LA doing incredible things. But how do you get from being that person to like LA screenwriter? Yeah, exactly. Superstar. So I can't wait to hear what her A to B is, what all of those sliding door moments, the people who have helped her along her path. I know that she's going to be a great guest. One of many amazing people. And I just love that we're going to be able to hold space for people in a way that allows them to expand their actual journey of how they did get from A to B, because we hear from a lot of people, a lot of well-known people, a lot of impactful people about what they're doing now. And we kind of get a summary of, okay, how did you get here? But this is really about those moments that without that moment, you would not be doing what you're doing now. Mm. Or would you be? (laughs) (laughs) You're doing my head in. It is a little like time travel, this. Oh, Oh, that's my parking. Oh. (laughs) I think that's a sign. That is a sign. That's the universe saying, shut up, ladies. Shut up. Thank you for listening. We love you joining us for our A to B chats. Yes, we do. Please see our show notes for our acknowledgement of country and all the people who help us put this podcast together, as well as interesting links to our guests' work and other references we've mentioned. Such as your frequently unverified quotes. Yes, I may (laughs) still need to check a few of those. Thank you. We're Joe and Mimi from A to B. Rate, follow and get in touch on our website. And let us know whose A to B you'd like to find out about. We can't wait for you to hear our next conversation. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.